scripture reading this morning for Kent's lesson comes from the book of 1 John, chapter 4, verses 19 through 21. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Press us into its mold and conform us to its ways. But God calls us to be holy, to be different. Being different means letting God transform every area of your life. Are you ready to be different? I've appreciated this series on being different, how things change, we're transformed. We start one way, but we, as Christians, we, we move and become something different. And today we want to look at a different heart, and specifically the transformation that takes place with our heart is how love takes over in the place of hate. There are two scriptures we're going to be looking at, we're going to walk right through them. They're in Luke chapter 6 and 1 John chapter 4. This is one of those times it'd be great to have a Bible in front of you or your text open so that you can follow back and forth. The scriptures will be on the screen, but you'll be able to see more in context if, if you turn to them. Well, it is Valentine's season. And one of the things that happens in this season is a lot of crafting. In fact, I'm going to invite you, if you would like to, join in a craft during the message. No, this is not a stunt to keep you awake, but if it does, that's great. Hey, guys, you ready? Some of the youth group guys are going to pass out to you, if you would like one, you do not have to do this, a pipe cleaner. And during the message, I want you to try and make the most perfect heart shape possible so there there'll be some guys coming down here to the floor too and if you want to join join in they're going to walk through you just wave them over tell them how many you want hurry up guys there is a sermon to preach here too <laughs> you know making crafts hearts at crafts at this time of year can be a little challenging in ways can it I have to admit, I, you probably know this about me, but I enjoy working with wood. One of the things that I love to do is to make things out of wood. And so, this is not a spoiler alert because I already gave it, for this Valentine's season, for my, the girls in our, my family, I made them wooden hearts. The idea was to, to make a piece of, take a wood, and you know how you can make river walks, rocks out of wood in the shape by sanding? To make one like a heart. And so that's what I did. Took a piece, this one happens to be out of walnut, it's one of the hardest things I've ever made in wood because it's all sanding. Every bit of it is sanding. And if you shake my hand today, you can see the different spots on my fingers from trying to sand that. But the hard, one of the hardest things is you want a symmetrical shape. You know, you want them both sides to be the same. And then you have to have it rounded just right. Impossible to make, for me, impossible for me, without a machine, to make that perfect heart. But I had a whole lot of fun trying to make it. So I'm gonna make it easier on you. I'm gonna give you a pipe cleaner, and if you wanna join along, see if you can't make a perfect heart. You got lots of times, 20 minutes to do this, all right? I guarantee you I didn't make that heart in 20 minutes. Oh, we won't even talk about it. But I did have fun making them. You know, you might have made a heart with paper. You know with paper you fold it in half and then you cut around it and they'll be identical. But while that makes both sides identical, it doesn't mean the shape of the heart is perfect. 
Getting the shape right is very challenging because a heart needs to be symmetrical. It needs to be shaped right. It needs to be imbalanced. In today's message, what I want to, to, to try and help us understand is how imbalanced living is not necessarily kingdom living. In other words, looking just like everything around us is not necessarily kingdom living. And there are three key concepts or words we're going to trace throughout both of these scriptures multiple times. And they're the thoughts of love, good deeds, and, and giving. Love, do good, and give. Now, I want to tell you right now, I understand those three words are so interwoven, it's hard to take them apart. We've got some more over here, right here, down front. Yeah, right up here. And you keep your hands up. It's fine. I want you to do this if you want to. You don't have to. Right, right here in the middle. So they're so interwoven, you can't hardly pull the words apart. Love, do good, give. But I want to do that for my sake and my learning and maybe for yours as well. Because we want to think about how these three words help shape us. We like symmetry. And this kind of, these words bring the symmetry of God's heart into this world. But the symmetry we're trying to follow is not the world's, it is God's pattern. So love, do good, and give. Let's just dive into the text, Luke chapter 6, 27 through 28. But to you who are listening, I say, okay, so to those of you who are listening and not working on your heart right now, here's what Jesus has to say to you. Here we go. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Now, as we look at that text, there are th first of all, I want you to notice who he's talking to. Love your enemies, those who hate you, those who curse you, those who mistreat you. This is the person he's talking about how we are supposed to act. So in this world, if you listen to Jesus and you think about these people, this is how you're supposed to act towards them. Behind enemy lines, how do you act? Well, first of all, if you see a person that's an enemy, somebody that hates you or somebody that curses you or mistreats you, here are the three words, concepts you bring to them. First of all is love. Love your enemies. Love those who are not on your side. Love those who are fighting against you and what you stand for. Love your enemies. We cross enemy lines into this world, why? Because of love. Not because we have to, not because we're told to. Love draws us behind enemy lines, a love for our enemies. And while we're there, what do we do? We do good to those who hate us. Hey, just because we're there to help people out doesn't mean they're gonna love us. In fact, we're different than them and that means they're going to hate us. So when you cross enemy lines in love, because of that love, you are going to do good to even those who hate you. And to do good means that you have to give. You have to take action. And the action is to bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. So when somebody gives you a curse, in response, we give a blessing. When somebody mistreats us, gives us mistreatment, we give them a prayer. We pray for them. And so there's an action, a giving that takes place across those enemy lines. So in the next two verses, verses 29 through 30, he's going to provide certain actions to, to, make, to bring these points to life. And the first action he has is love. 
Look, if, if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. In other words, if somebody hates you and wants to hurt you in anger, love doesn't just react to that. Love pauses and has a positive action. Next slide, please. Love, yeah, there we go. If someone slaps you on one cheek, you turn the other as well. In other words, you love enough to stay behind enemy lines. I went there in love, but you mistreated me, you treated me bad, I'm going to leave. No, I'm going to react to it. No, I'm going to act. I'm going to stay there in love. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to run out. And while we're there, we do good. His example, if someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. If someone takes from you, don't fight to get it back, he says. If someone takes your coat, your action is not to fight to get it back. It's to do something good. Maybe meet another need. Give them your shirt as well. You, you meet a need. You do something good. And then this concept of, of giving. Giving and lending is the words that oftentimes find themselves together. The world says we lend. But Christ says, no, 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 no. In kingdom living, we give. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. We're to give to anyone who asks. But let's say they didn't ask. They took it anyway. What's our reaction? Give it to them. But they didn't ask me to give it to them. They didn't have to ask. You just gave it to them. And now the item they have, whatever that is, is not taken. It is given in your mind. So you take the action of giving, not fighting to get it back. Whew, kind of hard stuff, isn't it? Love, do good, give. Don't see that in the business world a whole lot. Probably in the world you're living in, that's, those aren't common things. And yet when you carry them into this world, the world doesn't like it because it brings chaos. The world likes pattern. It likes balance. It likes everything to make sense. I have to, JC and Todd put these images together and I keep trying to find a pattern in this. And JC, if there's an image, if there's a pattern, you have to tell me. I can't get it. And my mind wants a pattern. That's what we oftentimes want in this world. We don't like chaos. It drives us crazy at times. We want things to look right. By the way, how's your heart coming? Hmm, is it perfect yet? Both sides equal? Come on, take a look at it. Did you really get them equal? How about that top curve? Is it there? All right, keep working on it. You, gotta, you still got, I'm not even halfway through, so keep going. You got more time. Perfect dimensions, that's what you're after. And remember, balance. If you need to start over, it's okay. You got time, you got time. But we don't like this chaos. In fact, the common um, example and training that the world gives us is everything needs to come into balance. They have all kinds of phrases for that, don't they? Everything has to be in balance. We want the scales to be balanced. We want to balance the books. We want to justify the le le ledgers. Everything equal. Everything symmetric. Everything balanced. We're going to look at our, next, our three words again. And we're going to keep going in this passage. And I want to highlight a word that shows living like Christ lives out of balance. It's the word credit. So let's look at our three words again. B 
because we're going to work. Credit is not equal. It's not payback. It's not getting everything the same. If, if, I don't have it on the screen, but Luke 6.31 says, do to others as you would have them do to you. It's not saying do to others so they'll do it to you. It's out of balance. So let's look at it. Behind, balancing the scales, let's look at love first. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. So you see what it, he's saying? We want balance. So if you love others because they loved us, balance. And he's saying, where's the credit? That's just balance. That's just equal. Because Christ's living is out of balance. It's, it's not symmetrical like this world says it is. How about doing good? If you do good to those who are good to you, what credit, what balance is that to you? Even sinners do that. So if we just do good because you did good to me, I'm just balancing the scales. How about giving? And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. I will lend to you, but I, I expect eventually the scales to balance again, even the scales. So if you hurt me, revenge says I hurt you back. It's blow for blow. It is to even the scales. It is justice. It is Everything has to be symmetrical. And Jesus says, not so in the kingdom. In fact, he shows us what kingdom balance looks like. So let's look at verse 35. Remember, we are going behind enemy lines into this world. And behind enemy lines, the goal is to not get even with our enemy for everything they do against us. Instead, it's to show this different way of look, look, living. And so we're not looking for worldly balance. We're looking for a kingdom evening. And once again, in this text, Jesus makes it clear who he's talking about. It is the enemy. It is the ungrateful and the wicked. Okay? So we know who we're talking about right here. These, this is the enemy. It's people that are ungrateful for the things that we do and do harm to us, do wicked things to us. And he says in Luke 6.35, but love your enemies. Enemies treat us with harshness, with hatred. And kingdom balance says we return to them love. That's not credit. I mean, that's, that's not balance. That's credit. That is something different. We love our enemies we allow things to be out of, out of balance. Under this concept of do good, it says love your enemies and do good to them. You hurt me. You harmed me. And in response to that, I'm going to do good to others. <laughs> That's a whole different way of looking at things. And on this concept of giving, lend to them without expecting to get anything back. I love, I do good, I give with no expectations. No expectations. Oh, I take that back. Here's, here's my only expectation. I can expect it not to be rewarded by the enemy. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be a reward. Remember, the text has talked to us about credit. And it's better than something the world has to offer. 
What's that credit? What's the kingdom balance to love, do good, and give? Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. Children of God. You understand what that means, right? Inheritance. We're children of God. We, we're part of the family. We inherit. We get to go to heaven. And as children, that means we carry the characteristics of our Father into this world. We act like our Father in heaven. We are kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. We go behind enemy lines with love. We do good. We give. And it's all made possible because of God's love. How God did good and gave to us when he sent his son across enemy lines for us. And at the time, I and you were the enemy. We were ungrateful. We were wicked. And God sent Jesus in love to do good and to give his life. Just to make sure we get the message, the next verse tells us very clearly how God treated us as sinners. Verse 36, be merciful just as your father is merciful. God was merciful with me when I was the enemy. Now he calls me to be merciful to my enemies. All right. I haven't been doing too much on my heart. How about yours? Looking okay? Man, I'm having a hard time balancing. I need to go back to wood. All right. You keep working on it. Both sides the same. That little loop's at the top. Get them right. Now we're going to jump over to 1 John 4. You might want to turn over there in your Bible. We'll start in verse 7, okay? 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Dear, and we're going to follow these same three words again. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. God is love. So if you know God, then you know love. In other words... If you cannot love your enemy, then you don't know God. The word give, verses 9 and 10. When you see the word sent, it's the concept of giving. Okay, it's the same one. Here we go. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. How did God show us he loved us? He gave. He gave. He sent his son. God gave him as an atoning sacrifice for our wickedness and for our ungratefulness, for our sins. This concept of do good, verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. We are called to do good in this world. He gave his son for us, and we are to give our lives as well. Do good, do good. And when we do, there will be a reward. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. 
Do you see the reward? You become complete. His love is complete in us. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with God's love. It is, God is love. It's, it's who he is. And because of that love, he obviously loved us and came behind enemy lines, sent his son to die for us so that we would have a chance of living with him forever. It's already perfect love. But when I take that love and accept it and allow it to be who I am too, God lives in me and his love then is made complete. It's not a love just given, it's a love that's received and returned. That makes sense? It's a completeness, it's a wholeness. He lives in us, so in a sense we can complete that love. Again, in verse 13 through 15. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. Keep seeing that? He has given us his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in him. Wow. Doesn't get much better than that, does it? It is full circle. God lives in us, and I live in God. You see what that means, right? There's no more shaping of my life and heart after this world's pattern anymore. I'm all in. All in all. Complete. Total. Completely saturated with Jesus, with God. There's no balancing with the world now. Because there's no world in me. It's all God. Completely, total, all in one. It's one-sided, sold out. (laughs) I'm out of words. You get it? It is a kingdom-balanced life. It's in balance with God. 1 John 4, 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And there's our balance. It's complete with God. Out of balance completely with the world. But totally in balance with God. And so how do we handle hatred and harassment? How do we carry Jesus behind the enemy lines? We rely on the love God has for us. So how do you live that kingdom-balanced life? Well, first of all, I would say you can love with great confidence. 1 John 4, 17a. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. We can love completely in a world of harassment and hatred because we know what is coming. I mean, if God is in us and we are in God, if his love completely permeates all of our life, what's coming for us? It's not justice and equality and balance in this world. It is a life forever with him in heaven. And because of that love, we can have confidence on that day, on judgment day, we can face it with confidence. Do you realize what that means? If I can face judgment day with confidence... I think I can have confidence in this day, at this time, and how I act now. And so how do you love the world? With great confidence that is born in a confidence on that day. And we want to do good to others. 
Back to our text. In this world, we are like Jesus. We do have a pattern. It is Jesus. It is not trying to be symmetrical and perfect in shape like this world. The symmetry we receive is from Jesus and shaping our hearts and our lives like Him. We follow the pattern of the heart of Jesus, and in so doing, we find the perfect heart. And because of that, in this kingdom-balanced life, we can give without fear. Verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. There's a whole lot more there than what I can, I'm going to talk about. But there is, at least in a small way, this concept of I can give without fear. In other words, to my enemy, to those who are wicked or those who take advantage of me or mistreat me or harass me, I can give without fear. Without fear of what I might lose, if I give that, maybe they'll take more. And fear, without fear of how they're going to respond. Maybe they won't appreciate it. I open up my heart to them. I give, and they... No fear. It's just the giving. That's the sh shape of Jesus' heart that we're trying to follow. All right, so how are you doing? Mine's pretty weak. All right, youth group, let me see what you got. Ooh, Frius. Did you teach him how to do that? Wow. Huh? Yeah. Somebody cheated and borrowed somebody else's pipe cleaner, or you got too, didn't you? How about over here, college? Wow. Ooh, nice. like the green one right there. Very good. How about you? Show it to me. Wow. Some of y'all worked really hard on these, didn't you? Very good. Thank you. You want to work on your heart this week? Love. Do good. Give. Have a different heart in this world. In this world of hatred, how about we be out of balance? Just show love. Keep working on it. Because Jesus is what makes us perfect. Just pattern it after Jesus. All right, that's a message. We're going to offer an invitation. Here's a couple of things I want you to know. First of all, we have some shepherds that are going to be in the, in the parlor. They would love to pray with you. If God's spoken to you today or you have a need, or, I mean, we understand. We all get it. It's hard to love in a world where hatred is prominent. They'd love to pray with you, come alongside you. We'd also love, right here, feel free to come forward and let us know about any needs. If you need to be restored, if you need to return to your walk, we'd love to join you and pray for you. But friend, if you're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus, I hope you'll seriously think about it. What Jesus did for each one of us is he crossed enemy lines for us. And he did it solely because of his love. 
And while here on this earth, he was mistreated, harassed, and hated. And his response to the hatred was for the very people that expressed it. He died on the cross for them so that they would have a hope of living forever with God in heaven. And he didn't do it expecting everybody to respond. But he did do it for you and for me and every person that's ever lived. He took our sins to the cross so that it would be possible for us to be perfect through him and be in a perfect place called heaven without sin. That means you have to give your heart to, to Jesus. And I know that sounds really intimidating, and it is, because it's full submission to him. And many of us don't like to give up control. And in the waters of baptism, you literally go into the grave. The water is the, is the grave. You're buried in the water, out of control, dead to self, but raised to walk a new life. And while you gave up control, you gave it all to Jesus, his love now makes you complete and empowers you to live this new life. It's different, though. I hope you'll choose this day to live that life. We'd love to watch you give your life to Christ in the waters of baptism. If you need to respond in any way, won't you come as together we stand and sing?